Hi, I'm Paul Cooney. Good evening and welcome to the weekend. Scotland nil, Israel nil. It went to the penalty, Cy Ferry. We hoped it wouldn't, but it did. But luckily, 5-3 David Marshall was on it right from the start. Oh, luckily for Big Marsh because um, it was a tough watch, wasn't it? I mean, yeah. I, was, uh, I wasn't I was the most um, avid viewer last night. Um, very frustrating. Uh, we'll come to that in a bit. But the main thing is, you know, we wanted to get to the final. Uh, we're there. Uh, hopefully the boys can go and pull off a miracle for me. Uh, after watching Serbia's highlights last night so we're there and, and hopefully we can do it November the 12th against Serbia it's going to be mighty tough because Norway were the favourites last night Rob McLean you were commentating we were the favourites it should have been well not easy but we should have done it in normal time a great chance for McTominay just before half time yeah what a difference that would have made Paul had he buried that header five minutes from the interval um, and it was a gaping goal wasn't it uh, I think all of us were probably straining to get our heads on the end of it uh, sadly he put it, put it wide it might have been a more comfortable Comfortable night of viewing had that gone in, uh, but in the end, happy ending. And Ali, loads of our calls last night, you, me, and Barry Ferguson, we were really positive, but they were telling us it's going to go to penalties. Yes, plenty of chat was happening last night. If you want to get involved, 0808 17 17 700, maybe you're thinking, I didn't agree with that at all last night. I've got plenty to say. Then get involved. We want to talk about it all night long. Well, oh. Seven. <laughs> and we promised we would call Brian. He was the first caller. Honestly, we couldn't believe it. Baz was so up for it last night, as you heard, the 100,000 uh, downloads, that we couldn't believe it. But, you know, the, the callers were right, Si. It was going to go all the way. We just... I- do you know what? See, before the game, I heard so many people being optimistic, and I think Barry said three 0 I just didn't see where they were getting that. Well, to be fair, he changed it to one yeah. 0 because of obviously the the COVID. Because casualties. he'd sobered up. Yeah, <laughs> he, he, hit, he hit reverse big time. Three <laughs> 0 became one 0 I mean, how you could think Scotland win? Th- I mean, that's two shots on target. We've had in two home games against Israel. How we are ever going to win a game by more than one goal? I'll never know. Um, so for for people saying to be optimistic and and three 0s and four 0s I just I just never seen it happening, and it and it turned it to be true. Well, on the programme tonight, we're going to speak to someone who knows all about saving penalties, Pat Bonner, the Ireland and Celtic legend, who famously, well, we'll talk about it very shortly, but 1990, Rob, you were, you and I were there. I think you were there. I was uh, there. Yeah, I Italian was there. I'm 90. sure I saw you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we'll speak to Pat Bonner. What's it like to be there in a, in a world stage and you have to save the penalty as he did? And David Marshall looked the coolest man last night. So we spoke to him just afterwards. How did he feel about the pressure? Obviously there was no fans in the stadium but it still had the nervy feel and then obviously getting into extra time it felt as if the game was heading towards penalties there wasn't a lot of chances in the game just luckily we could handle the pressure at the, in the penalty shoot He looked really assured What did you feel Rob? You were still uh, you, you were doing the match yeah. for the Beeb last night yep. The programme had started yeah. uh, just about So yeah. what did you feel at, at the penalties when it came to would we do oh. it? Would the Max well, do it? I mean I, I don't think I was thinking about would they do it or would they not do it It was, it was, just, it was just all unfolding before your very eyes but I mean I, I spoke to David Marshall as well uh, afterwards and, and they, they did a lot of work I mean he did a lot of work he did a lot of research into the, the potential penalty takers for Israel and, and also in a taking penalties sense they put an awful lot of work into it I, I thought there was an inevitability last night that it was going to go, go to yeah. penalties I think a lot of people I was speaking to beforehand were saying this is going to be this is going to be a tough night, and this is going to this is going to go all the way extra time and penalties, and and sure enough, it did, and and that save that first penalty save from uh, Marshall just proved to be pivotal, and it set up Kenny McLean in the end to tuck away the winner. Cue wild celebrations, and thank thankfully we can uh, wipe the two hours that went before it oh. from our memories. It was a I great photo at the end, it. though, wasn't it? 
Did you see the photo yeah. of everyone? Oh, that was superb. Yeah. Forget the rest of the match and just look at the photo. Did you great. see Callum Patterson's face though? I don't know yeah. what Declan Gallagher <laughs> had done, but he was raging, <laughs> wasn't he? Uh, but no, I fancied Marshy. You know, I was a young kid at, at Celtic and I was actually working the game. That I remember I told you I used to work games for the first team mm-hmm. yeah. and I was working the game that Marshy came on for Rab Douglas at halftime. And I remember Marshy getting the call and looking at his face and he was so calm, eh? Was so relaxed and I thought he must be nervous and Marshy he's just one of these guys Tommy Burns actually used to say let's look at David Marshall's temperament and a football player as a goalkeeper do you know what I mean for him to use him as an example is a big thing he says David Marshall never gets flustered ice cool ice cool and, and I went in, when I went to penalties I, I really fancied Marshy to save one he's a, he's a big game player and look what he did against Barcelona I saw him in the new exactly, camp I mean yeah. what age was yeah. he he was really I young I think he was 19 Paul. he was sensational yeah. wasn't he wow. yeah, he, was he really was in the yeah. new camp against yeah. Barcelona he was just man of the match no I think yeah. he does have that sort of uh, personality I mean I don't think you could spell panic to be honest yeah. if you asked him um, he, he, he does have a, a great attitude to the whole thing and he continues to be a really strong point for Scotland. We can poke uh, questions about all sorts of the team and formation and all the rest of it. But that's one really solid citizen in goals. Yeah, you can rely on Marshall. You know, big game player, as we've said. Uh, I don't think he had much to do last night because, I mean, Scotland's Scotland's half defensive-wise was like Buchanan Street on a Saturday afternoon. There was that many players <laughs> defending for yeah. Scotland. But um, So Marshall never had a lot to do, but he's one of them that you can... He never makes a lot of mistakes, David Marshall, and that's what you want from a goalkeeper. Your back four knows that if it does get by him, there's a good chance that Marshall will be there. So he's a massive plus for Scotland just now. Let's hear from the manager, Stevie well. Clark now. Stevie Clark then just afterwards talking about the pressure. I trust the attitude and the mentality of the players to get it right on these big occasions. So the... Rather than a, a rousing Braveheart speech, it will be calm, measured words to try and help them to get through the game in, in the best way possible and get the, the right result for the country. Cy Ferry, what did you oh. make of last night then? I know I can see his face, he's just, uh, you're sighing. I just, I was saying, I was. Was that a sigh, sigh? <sighs> I mean, see that? I want a rousing Braveheart speech. I'm wanting those enthusiasm for my manager. I understand what he's saying, that he's maybe not that type of manager, and I think. In club football you can get away with that But you're only getting these guys for, for two and three days at a time It needs to be loads of enthusiasm need loads of information on board How we're wanting I look at Scotland and If I was on This is the way I'm going to put it If I was on who wants to be a millionaire uh-huh. And the million dollar question is What is Scotland's style of play? Yeah. I'd be skint I'd be home with no money So what and did I you think, make of it last night? I just then? didn't see an identity yeah, I don't You, know you what get four options though don't you? <laughs> you wouldn't be able to fill the four <laughs> options though And I just don't see what we're trying to do I think what Steve Clark does with Scotland is he puts out the most defensive formation he can and he just hopes that the boys come up with something themselves going forward. I kind of see... When, when you're playing for a team, a manager goes through passages of play attacking-wise and what he wants for the team. And I didn't see that with Scotland. What I seen last night was a 3-5-2, you play with two strikers and you didn't put any crosses in the box. You play with three, three centre-backs, two full-backs and two sitting midfielders. I've never seen a 3-5-2 played like that. It's so defensive. And it continues to be a mystery that we don't get more out of our star players. I mean, look at Andy Robertson. I know they got cuffed by Aston Villa last weekend, but Andy Robertson is top drawer. John McGinn has become top drawer in arguably the best league in the world. Um, they don't translate that form to Scotland. I mean, that that's two. If we two pl- those two even performing at the top of their game, surely we would be a whole lot of a better team. And for me, that comes to a manager. Mm-hmm. The reason Andy Robertson does so well is because Jurgen Klopp. He knows his instruction. He knows what he's. When he goes on that pitch for Liverpool, he will know what Jurgen Klopp wants from him defensively and attacking wise. And he goes out and does it. Last night, I see Andy Robertson in his own half of the pitch. Bombing balls up to two centre forwards when nobody to support them. See if you're going to bomb balls up to the two centre forwards, let one of the three centre halves do it. Let Andy Robertson get high up the pitch, let O'Donnell get high up the pitch, and let McGregor and McGinn go and play off the two of them. 
what was happening is our full backs were banging balls up to two centre forwards and the only guy that was going to, uh, to, to run off it was John McGinn and if the ball landed anywhere other than John McGinn's area an Israel player was picking it up it was just completely baffling to me it was so defensive as I say I don't think you need two sitting midfielders why Ryan Jack can't sit on his own and McGregor and McGinn can go and support Dykes and McBurney and I felt for the two strikers yeah. I know they were getting a lot uh, especially McBurney was getting, and he isn't easy on that I understand that but I don't think that's his game if you watch Sheffield United he, he isn't the one that'll link up he's one that when the ball goes in the box he'll attack it I mean did we have a cross in the box the first half did we from open play can't remember it and then so, so what do you expect from these guys you know it's like putting me in there and asking me to go and take yeah, seven players sure. on it's impossible I can't do it saying push McGregor forwards and, and last night was the night to do it definitely see, see when he's playing that deep role yeah. for Scotland especially all he does is pass the ball back to a centre yeah. half yeah. but what you, what you do have to like about Scotland though is our ability to get results I mean in these last three games I mean four points out of six in those last two Nations League qualifiers how that happened I'm not very sure but it happened we drew with Israel we won in the Czech Republic I know it wasn't the strongest Czech Republic team but but we got the win we somehow won that game last night as well so we, we are getting positive results even though the, the performance ain't good enough I think that can only take you that only goes so long that'll only go on so long you know, you're not Israel, happy you're not having nah, it Israel are 20, 20 places behind us they looked better than us last night I could tell you what Israel's game plan was they wanted to get the ball down and pass it through the lines Scott, I couldn't tell you Scotland's and that's the worrying thing for me a year nearly a year in the job don't think we know we're best 11 I don't know the, I think we know the style of play that we want to play the one positive I can take from it is I think a Steve Clark team will fare better against a Serbia than they will against an Israel right because I think Steve Clark's what he's good at is taking out a lesser team and getting results. You know, you think about Kilmarnock against Celtic and Rangers, he always done well. I think he could go over to Serbia and be the type that can get a result through being defensively well organised and maybe nicking a set piece or a counter-attack. OK, we're going to hear more on that because we will build up to it. We've got a match on Sunday as well. Uh, but last night then, so what time was it? Quarter past ten by this time, Ali? I was so half asleep. I was trying to write the sports bulletins. <laughs> I was like, oh my word, when will this end? So, Hopefully it'll be positive. So what was the story you were going to write? So I'd written down, again, goal. Yep. Oh, had you? Yep. Well, after he took it. Right. <laughs> Zahavi came forward, and that was that moment we just heard from the goalkeeper. And Zahavi, their star player, probably yeah. Rob, and uh, you'd have bet, if anyone, he would score. That was a that was a really good yeah. save. Yeah. I, th I think that was a big swing, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. Psychologically, and that whole yeah. penalty shootout, because he, he is their star man. As he was walking up, I was thinking what you were thinking at that stage. Um, he's technically so good, he is going to score here. So when, when David Marshall uh, made that save, then you thought, hey, this could actually happen. And, and where did it go from there? Yep, McGregor, 2-1. You're reading my uh, notes here. I'm, I'm trying to, the upside down. Up, up came a bit on. We got that right on the show last night. We told you first he would be playing. Yeah. We'd heard the, yeah. You'd heard the words at Hamden. That was good. So that was 2-1. What, what, uh, what a good penalty that was from him. It as was, well. wasn't it? Yeah. Put it in high, didn't he, over the top And of the they goalie. needed that because you thought, well, if he misses. Uh, you know. Anyway, 2-1. McTominay came forward. He'd missed that chance just before half-time. Took it well. 3 Two then because Wiseman scored just after that. So I'm it was glad you're keeping count. Yep. <laughs> Shanklin came on and scored. Uh, the only one not to be a Mac to score four. Abu Fani scored to make it four three. And then Kenny McLean stepped up, took it, scored. Obviously it was a, it was a bit of a pressure penalty under the circumstances, but I actually felt felt pretty confident. I mean Marshy had done all the hard work, obviously getting us in front. And at, at the start of the shootout, when I went down fifth, I said to Marshy just give me a chance to score the winner I actually said to him before it he did so I mean he'd, he'd done all the hard work 
obviously it was good to score the one penalty, but it's, it was it was all Marsh. And interestingly, he actually wasn't on the penalty taking sheet to start with because Stephen Reid drew it up. He'd four names and there was a gap and Kenny McLean had a look at the bit of paper and he said, put me down for number five. Oh, I like that. Love that for Kenny yeah. McLean. I like Kenny McLean. I like him as a player. Played against him before at St Mern. Lovely technique. Again, I've never seen him miss one penalty. Nah, he's very cool, Kenny McLean, and he's got a lovely left foot. Lefties always score, don't they? Lefties have got it. Um, but no, I thought all Scotland's five penalties were good. You know, I think the guys, as I say, these guys are playing at good levels. You know, they're not guys that would get nervous. The five penalty takers, and, and they showed their experience by by sticking them away. And what's interesting, of course, was the no fans because that that must make a difference when when you're staring at a goal and you can concentrate on the goal, and, the, and there's not that the, the banks of of fans behind. That must that must make a difference. I think so. I think the the walk up is probably the worst bit when you can hear the fans. You've got that long walk to the penalty box. Um, obviously they never had that last night but then again as I say these guys are experienced players Kenny McLean's played in the Premier League in England you know that wouldn't have phased him if there was fans there so I think we've got guys with good temperament and as I say that's why I'm I'm so I get so frustrated mm-hmm. because we have got these guys that, that can handle pressure situations we've got guys that can play in big games I just need to see more from them in, in, in 90 minutes there's a wee smile there we want you to be happy Simon Ferry yeah. you know? <laughs> I want to be we don't me. want you on no, here and be down I know I think you talk so much sense and you say the things that I wonder some people are frightened to maybe I don't know Rob I'm looking at you some people don't seem to call it I think you read it so well I'm not being patronising <laughs> you say what loads of people think we're getting amazing reactions from fans who are saying the same kind of things we're so pro you, st- you heard some of the programme yeah. last night you couldn't have been more up for the match uh, no, and it just didn't happen but we are th- we are through to th- the playoff let's take uh, the first of the calls and uh, we're going to go to John on the line John good evening yeah, good evening guys hi John hey, John. Hi, John. Yeah, how are you feeling about it all um, a wee bit uh, I, I really I don't know how to describe it <laughs> Uh, a bit like, a bit like, a bit deflated. Aye, that's it. Um, I was, I was agreeing with Sai Ferry when he's saying about how defensive the team is. Um, but my personal opinion is that Steve, Steve Clark's turned Scotland into. He's, he's either turned them into, or he's turning them into Kilmarnock. The way they played, uh, Kilmarnock uh, were set up to, not to get beat, mm-hmm. and it yeah. seems that's the way Scotland's going to get, uh, going to play. Um, but the, the other thing I was going to say was that I'm continually frustrated at players they do the kind of one touch pass they get about three quarters of the way up the pitch and then they, they kind of take a guy on uh, like years going by where you get for one better uh, example is Jimmy Johnston taking guys on beating two or three uh, these days you don't seem to have players like that mm-hmm. um, and so you get about three quarters of the way up the pitch and then before you know it, it's back at the goalkeeper. And I think that that must frustrate a lot of fans. Yeah, 100%. I mean, Ryan Fraser was a breath of fresh air. Thank God for him coming on with 12 minutes to go. A guy that actually wants to pick Aye. the ball up and run at people. Mm-hmm. I mean, how are we ever going to yep. score a goal if all the days pass the ball back to me? See if he'd been fit. You know, if he, had, if he had game time, John, you think something might have happened there because it was refreshing to see he was creating space. He just didn't quite have the legs yet. As he, he didn't look fully fit, Si. No, I think he's only played about twenty minutes for Newcastle this right. season. Yeah, yeah. But he, yeah. I mean, he played the full thirty minutes as well after uh, of extra time. Yeah. Yeah. I'd start him. I really would. Yeah. You know, I think if you're going to be that defensive, you need at least two or three guys who can create something. I think McGinn's probably your one, and then you need a Ryan Ryan Fraser who can pick the ball up and drive thirty yards up the pitch. Otherwise, 
all that happens and what happened last night was the centre half touched the ball more than anyone mm-hmm. the goalie probably touched the ball more than the centre forwards I also think it would have been a statement of intent to have picked Ryan Fraser and played him from the start yeah. and said we're not going to play two full backs in the wing back positions we're actually going to play a winger on this side we're really going to push you back on that on your left hand side um, and, and get, get off on the front foot um, I don't think that really happened I mean, if you're if you're Dykes and uh, McBurney and you see the lineup and you're playing in the two, you're thinking, where's my, where am I getting service for? And it's exactly what happened. The two full back, the two wing backs as they were meant to be, just basically played as two full backs, and and pumped balls up to two guys who I felt so sorry for. I mean, if you give these guys service, they will be decent. But every time they seem to play for Scotland, um, they don't get that, and then they get heavily criticised. I can only imagine that their confidence takes an even further bump. Mm. Then when your confidence is like that When the ball does come up to you Your touch is all over the place I've seen it with, with, with great players When their confidence goes their touch, The touch goes And I feel for Ollie McBurney Because he showed it with Sheffield United In a top league That if you play at his strengths He will score goals But There's no service to him John a quick question for you and for Sai. People have been on today saying Where's yeah. Lee Griffiths Make the call Get him in For Sunday We've got Scotland Slovakia John would you call Lee Griffiths in? I certainly would. Uh, I'm a Celtic fan, so I definitely. And even you think the game's so, Sorry, yeah. Paul. Even guys like John Fleck. Yeah. Why is John Fleck not coming on for for Scotland? Fleck played in the Czech Republic, didn't he? Yeah, he yeah. played in that game. He, he finished sixth in the Premier League last year. Yeah. He was Player of the Year for Sheffield United. Again, a guy that can get the ball and drive forward with it. If we're going to be defensive, we need these guys who can two or three, as I say, that can play forward. You know, Ollie McBurney and John Fleck have got a decent partnership at Sheffield United. If I'm playing Ollie, Ollie McBurney, my first thought is who can get the best of him? John Fleck plays him every week, yet yeah, Fleck's in. I like this. It's constructive then. How can they contact us, Ali? I was just going to say, actually, Stu on the socials at Go Football Show said bring Fleck in, the exact same as you, Si. Yeah. Um, but if you haven't done it already, join us on all the socials at Go Football Show, 0808 17 17 700. Give us a call and get involved on any of the topics we've been chatting about this week, especially tonight, or drop us a text, 87474, and go at the start. John, thanks for that call. Si, during the break, any chance we can get... I see Nico's last night, because so many people had to leave the pubs because of the 10 o'clock, although from 6 o'clock from tonight, they'll be closing. And I see they were outside Nico's trying to watch any chance I think you've got a connection there Oh, well, you're lucky that I'm probably the I've given Nico's the most money out of any person in Glasgow <laughs> right, so yeah, yeah. Uh, my mate owns it so he, he's willing to, he's had a lot of offers by the way oh, ESPN in America uh-huh. I want to speak to him right about the video so he's going yeah. to, but he's going to exclusively come on Go Radio and he's a footballer yeah, we know man. it's Adam Copeland well, I wouldn't call him a football player he's oh. absolutely hopeless but hey <laughs> we can call okay, him that if you that's want that's coming up Go Radio <laughs> Football Show coming next The Go Radio Football Show with Paul Cooney, Ali Defoy, Simon Ferry, the most popular podcast man in the world. Yeah, I would go with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Multiple podcasts. Is he, is he ahead of us? <laughs> I just said that he is, but we've hit 100,000 site oh, and amazing. rising. What amazing. are we going for now? 150? No, a million. I love it. I <laughs> love it. Yeah. That's not bad. I'm just short of two months. Yeah. <laughs> it's a couple of weeks, we'll be at a million. They bother. Right. Yeah, I used to run a radio station with a million listeners. I quickly took them to 700,000. <laughs> <laughs> Hardly. Don't the say only that. way was down. Uh, not at all. I, we're going to speak to someone a second or two and it's uh, six o'clock the pubs will be closing you're going to get Adam from Nico's in a minute or two Rob what's happening at 5.30 there's a match kicking off in Scotland yeah Scotland under 21s are playing at Tynecastle. what would that have been like with a with a crowd in such a great venue for football unfortunately it's going to be quiet today uh, but a big game for Scotland the under 21s 5.30 start Scotland against the Czech Republic and the Scotland team uh, Ross Doan Harrison Ashby Daniel Harvey Lewis Mayo Tom McIntyre listen to some of the names coming up Alan Campbell Nathan Patterson Fraser Hornby, Patrick Redding, Lewis Ferguson and Ross McCrory, the Aberdeen pair. David Turnbull of Celtic is on the bench. 
Right, that's Rob. He'll keep us up to date with the, the match there. So, Sai and Nikos last night, as it was across the country because of the, the COVID restrictions, people had to leave the pubs and watch from outside when they could. And you've got Adam Coakley on the line now. Yeah, is he there? Adam. Hi, hi, Sai. How are you? What's yeah. happening, mate? All right? I'm all right, right. Right, I you broke me into this. <laughs> How many requests have you had today? Oh, I don't know. My phone's not stopped, mate, to be honest with you. The, on Twitter, especially, but I didn't really expect it to be honest. I've, been crazy. We've had to pay him five. We've had to pay him five grand to get him on. Uh, talk us through the moments <laughs> then. Ad. It's going to two minutes to ten. So what what happens is have you got somebody that's gone around telling everyone they need to leave? Oh, it's usually well before that about half past nine, and then people obviously they all left quite the thing. But the the people outside weren't actually the from where pub. That was the thing. It was it was just people that were standing outside the street. The street was really busy, so everybody was out in the street. I know that the, the video doesn't really. Doesn't really see that, but it was the street was mobbed. Everybody was watching it on their phones and all that carry on. So the staff just had it on the telly to watch it yourself, as you would do. Yeah. And then that wee crowd had a wee had a wee party outside, but it was nothing really to do with us as such. We done all the kind of right thing. Yeah, and you, but you've came in for a bit of criticism, innit? Aye, aye, I've, aye, I've been a lot. I the COVID polls were right out in, in Twitter anyway, but it was it was pretty intense. Yeah. But I, I don't know, I didn't take it. I you guess for anyone just tuning in You might not realise So basically Nico's the pub in town People were walking past You had the football on And of course because the football game Went to extra time Went to penalties They wanted to watch it And they started peering through your window And the video was you Filming everyone watching you Yeah basically yeah, that, was, that was exactly what happened Yeah obviously it was quite weird That they went to penalties But I don't really know yeah. What we were expected to do It was quite I mean we don't get We don't win a lot of games as it is So Especially on a penalty shootout, so it looked as if they were having some fun, and that's kind of horrible time there when nobody has any fun. So, sure. and as somebody them. who owns a, a, a place there tonight, six o'clock, uh, Adam, we hear about the pro- well, not protests, but the hospitality industry is under so much pressure. This must be really, really tough. Everyone was social distancing in your place. We know that there was people outside who were passing the busiest street mm-hmm. in Scotland normally. Adam, how are you feeling about it? Are you you worried about for the for the trade and, and for business? Yeah, uh, I yeah, I'm to be honest with you. The, the last one was it was easier to accept, obviously, because it was at the start and it was obviously new. But now it's I think our, our, our sector's done everything we can to everything we've asked for us, and it seems to be targeted a wee bit more than than other areas. But uh, every, every single time it stops and starts, it will just be more difficult for us. So aye, it's, it's worrying times, especially going into this kind of festive period where it's a lot of, a lot of us rely on that mm-hmm. for kind of the whole year. So. Uh, We'll wait and see how it goes. And is it just move? Is it just shifting drinkers back home again, uh, where they'll be able to uh, transport some alcohol anyway? Well, nobody will ever stop what their, their habits are. Where they'll drink in some way, but I feel it was more. Uh, it would be better in places where it's under control and where you can police it. Yeah, I where you can police it. I bet in house parties and stuff like that would probably be what will happen now. People won't stop. It's just the way the world does. But uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't I think it's that- the right decision. Adam, how does that work for stock and everything? I know it's only 16 days, but how are you supposed to judge what you buy for Christmas and what you buy for the coming months? And then you don't want to buy too much, but then on the other hand, you don't want to be short, do you? No, well, the stocks thing wasn't too bad, to be honest with you. We get a lot of help with the breweries and stuff like that, but it's just a, it's a pain, really, to be honest with you. And the worst is all the bookings. That's probably the worst in the stock is like all the book people make bookings and then you need to shift them on. You're talking, I mean, 16 days worth of bookings. I mean, I'm quite a small venue, but there's the restaurants with 
lots of covers that will have to do it. So much admin work, people maybe don't notice that you'll get that's, that all these kind of stop start things would affect, if you know what I mean. So. Adam, what about yourself as a footballer? I mean, I remember you as a oh very young boy in the Bothell Luddingston area. You'd come round you and your twin, and uh, you had the talent then. And then you've played alongside Cy <laughs> you Ferry. Had the what? You had, yeah, the what then? had the talent. Oh, he was a great wee player. <laughs> yeah, they were, you were about five. Uh, so, Adam, are you still playing? Because we saw you at Motherwell. Oh, that's it. Exactly. You remember. Yeah. So, uh, Adam, are you not st- are you playing? Do you play at all? No. Nico's Nic- no, have got a team. Right. Nico's have got one pub team, so it's just all the boys I played with when I was younger at Motherwell. So, and some extra ones, but it's been. I have, I'm not really played professional for years. Wait a minute, you're, doing the, you're doing the Nico team a disjustice. Tell them some of the big names that have played. <sighs> no, Bob, Mal- Bob Malcolm. Bob Malcolm, Mal- yeah. <laughs> he got Bob, paid in pints, player. didn't he? <laughs> Knew it, I, he was five pints high any kind of week. That's his way. <laughs> Jason Scotland as well, wasn't he? Jason aye, Scotland played. Yeah. I, I, well. Jason Scotland. There was a few, the, the, there was a few, uh, uh, well, most of them were ex pros, to be honest with you. Last year it was a, a great team, but. This is what we so obviously knocked his back now that we can't play, so I'm not really sure how long this will go. We're all getting on a bit, so. Uh-huh. He, he's been texting me all day saying, make sure you mention my goal at Celtic Park, so go and add. Tell, oh, tell don't us about stop. your goal at Celtic Park, <laughs> on you go. No, I don't. No, I didn't. Was that with Motherwell? No, that no, was at Queen's Park. Queen's Park? Yeah. Park, Adam, I've got a feeling size yeah. setting you up here. <laughs> no, he did. He has set me up. I, it's it's oh. a certainty. I oh. knew it was coming. No, he, he did score, didn't he? <laughs> uh, he did score at Celtic Park, yeah. I remember watching I it. Scored it was the Celtic Park get sent off. That's my moment. Oh, that's right. No, so I, I'd lost track of you for about 20 years, and I'm watching. I went, is that the Coakley twins? That's one of the boys. Yeah. And uh, oh. he did. He scored. How did you get sent off? What happened? For his first touch, uh, you got to set off. Is Willie Collum went it? Willie Collum at his best. Oh, <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> Listen, Adam, I know they want you, and CNN have been on for you today, but you've come on to Glasgow's own Go Radio. Oh. Great to hear you, Adam. I hope things stay well, stay safe. Hope Nico's is open again in a 16 days' time because, yeah, we you know we need to keep people safe but also they need some entertainment, Si. Yeah, yeah definitely. Adam. To have your Adam, livelihood. Thanks very much for joining us. Yeah. Cheers, Thank Adam. You. Cheers, Cheers Adam. All the best to the family. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Honestly, he was a great wee player. He was about five. I hadn't seen him for ages, and I remember, I think you were commentating, and I saw, I thought, that's, yeah, that's uh, young young Adam. Yeah, good good wee player. Yeah, he was. He, yeah. he done well at Motherwell. I think he played a few first-team games, and then he went to Greenwich Morton, so he had a decent career. So this time last night, we were looking forward to the match, and if you're just tuning in, we are through. We will be playing against Serbia on November the 12th. Oh, no, have, we got, have we got another game? Yeah, we're going to build up for that <laughs> and we're on on Sunday as well not us personally but the match uh, Rob will turn to that in a moment or two but this time last night we had loads of callers Brian came on Tartan Army Lark Hall speaking with us and with Barry and Brian you said Scotland will go through but you said it was going to be penalties and we were surprised but uh, you were right well done Thank you yeah I got a spot on uh, 31 <laughs> of the bookies as well so I had oh. to put it on well done What was the price? 10 to 1 10 to 1 Scotland to win in penalties How much you put on it? 20 quid Oh <laughs> lovely What a weekend We're all going to yours Oh no you're not That's right Doing it responsibly <laughs> <laughs> You won't be spending it uh, far No I'm, Internet no, shopping I'm not, please, I'll it. Yeah. No, but Brian so you, you heard then afterwards Joseph was on afterwards A few people came on And said the similar thing And Ali And uh, Baz Barry. and I We couldn't believe it That was uh, You know we were speechless So how did you do you feel like side that you couldn't understand the way we were going to play that we, we, we just we, we didn't attack it the way we should have no no it's all a decent team so I, I think yeah. the, the only task that you had to do was try to keep it cl- try to keep it close not lose the first goal that's the way it went and we didn't look as if we were going to score for the only play at all 
a couple of half chances, but um, Brian Fraser came on and, and did a wee bit more. But I, I think uh, I think uh, now we struggled. We struggled during the ninety minutes. I think to, to get any decent chances and throw. With a, a great chance, five minutes before half time, Brian, that header from McTominay. <sighs> it was as a header, but it's, it's aye. I mean, she should have done better. But still, it's a header, isn't it? So it can go anywhere. Any savers in the second half, though, with a header and defensively wise, and no one else remember. I remember. Yeah. I was yeah. thinking he didn't do a good header in the first half. He missed that, but he but managed to save he, us yeah, from in the a second. Good, uh, trouble. good. Yeah. I think had a half chance, but no, there was no, there was no clear shots. You go with that boy should have scored, in my yeah. opinion. Anyway, you were wanting it to go to the penalty shootout. You weren't interested in Scotland scoring in 120 no, minutes. No, it's late. I thought, I thought it was over 90 minutes. <laughs> so, Brian, what do you think for Sunday then? Nations League match with Slovakia. How do you think we're going to do? Do you think you'll change it? Oh, I, I haven't really thought about it. We all knew yeah. the game last night was the main one. Yeah. And now he's got to obviously build on for the Serbia match. So, I, I, I don't know. I personally I'd like to see Lee Griffiths call it in the squad yeah. but obviously yeah, that's here, what here. happened yeah. but I just think we looked so light up top McBurney not not for me so I think he's maybe got to give Shanklin more time with Dykes I don't know if Dykes is injured he could take it off have you heard any I think he was, he was tired I think I'm not sure if there's an injury uh, he just, he just I, looked pretty I, wiped I out to be honest yeah, yeah. yeah. well that's good though. I'd maybe try and develop uh, Dykes and Shanklin. But even with Shanklin, can I just ask, sorry, even with Shanklin when he came on, I mean, what did Shanklin do different for Ollie McBurney? Ran a bit, tried to f- chase lost causes. I mean, was there any quality in his feet? Did he have any service? No, not really. There wasn't yeah. really. Didn't, I think you know, could play. I think you could yeah. play Ronaldo up front. Yeah. But if you're not going to pass the bottom or give him or play his strengths, then what's the point? Mm-hmm. I don't think the plan was clear, was it? No. All night long. No, I mean it was like. As I say, it was just hope. It was just hoping that the guys would come up for a bit of. Ma- I think they were hoping that someone individually would come up with a bit of magic. I don't think there was any plan in place to to go through the lines or to get the ball into a cent- centre forward in a certain way. Any runs to go and play off him, I think it was just go out and kind of make it up for yourself. Defensively, as I say, I thought that they were really good. You know, if that was your game plan to go and not concede, then yeah, you've done that well. But as I've said a number of times, the players that we've got, we need to be better attacking wise. We need to have a. We need to have an identity. You know, because results, yeah, as I, I say, I, you can I only nick results for so long. So, Brian, how I mean, much? Two do you, players, yeah. On you go. Yeah. Two players that can get you a goal from open play in Scotland just now at that level are Stephen Naismith and Lee Griffiths, and they weren't obviously in the squad mm-hmm. for their own personal reasons. It's just so hard to score at that level. Yeah. And although Dykes can do it, uh, I don't think McBurnick has got it at that level. Just because you can score goals. In the English Premiership, the top half of the English Championship, doesn't mean to say you can score goals regularly at international level. It's, it's, it's a different, it's a different standard of football together. But then Lyndon Dykes plays for so can Lyndon Dykes plays in the Championship. He, he yeah, he's got he's got he's got one goal. Yeah, he's got one goal against the Czech Republic, which I saying strength. So I'm not not I think Dykes has got he's got potential. But McBurney, no, not for me. All right, Brian, as you told Barry last night, you're in the Tartan Army. How much was the Tartan Army missed last night? No crowd. How much of an effect did that have on the players? Oh, I think it was detrimental, obviously. I said last night, if the Tartan Army were there, 50,000 sellout, we'll yeah. win last night. We'll walk that. We'll walk that. So it'll be interesting to see if there's any, got any fans in Serbia. I know you're to talk about the game on Sunday, but no, I'm I'm them. <laughs> <laughs> I watch it, but I'm I'm yeah. that much focused on Serbia because I think yeah. they, they are allowed fans in Europe, so it's a wee bit concerning. I'd rather I think ten percent they're allowed. Mm-hmm. If, Is it ten percent? Yeah, allowed? if yeah. their local government's allowing, depending on what their protocols are. But yeah. 
So that could be 4,000 or so, I'm yeah. Not, I'm not anticipating there'll be any Tartanami allowed no. in the stadium, although I, I do know for a fact there's boys booking up flights just now. Are there? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. See, I, I, th- I think the crowd at Hamden could go both ways. You know, the crowd could push you on and demand that you play forward maybe a wee bit more. But also, if we're playing that style of football, the crowd can also turn on you at Hamden. You know, I've, I've been to games where it is, it is not a great standard of football and you can start to hear the crowd and that affects the players. Maybe make, because I think defensively we never made much mistakes, but if you've got a crowd at Hamden who are on your back, I think you're more likely to make mistakes. I think there would have been a lot of grumping and groaning yeah. last night and that wouldn't have helped. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. I agree. a different game. 50,000 home fans, it would have been a different game. I think I'm with you on that, Brian. I think it would have been, uh, but listen, it's if spots and maybes. But the fans, I think, were missed Rob last night. You must have felt that commentating as well. You know, beforehand the music's on and everything. Yeah. Else. And, yeah. You know, we're talking about McGinn looking so so many of the players up for it. Lyndon Dykes before, and then it's just yeah. it's flat as it is everywhere else. Yeah, I love I love the way the PA announcer screams out all the names when he's reading out the lineups. <laughs> yeah. he reads them, as if he reads them out as if there's a fifty thousand crowd there, and the reaction is absolutely zilch. It's all it's all pretty sad <laughs> and and sorry the way it is. <laughs> At the moment, but uh, I mean, four thousand Serbian fans will probably. I mean, they're, they're pretty uh, volatile, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. they? They'll make a lot of noise. That that will make a difference for them, I think, in that game on the on the twelfth of November. Brian, thanks very much for coming back on. You said you would last night, and you did. Brian, all the best. Yeah, yeah. Fingers crossed. We've got to make Euro twenty twenty one. Cheers, Brian. <laughs> One. Did you get your predictions on before the next match. Yeah, then. Well, well, we were so impressed last night, so that was great, Brian. Thanks very much. Calling in there from Lark Hall, so 0808 17 17 700. You could be on next. The Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go. On an evening when Scotland have got one more match. Yes, we're still in it. We did win the playoff last night. We're through to the final playoff against Serbia. And we'll take you all the way there until Thursday, November the 12th. Yes, there's a match this weekend on Sunday and it's the Nations League. And Rob will explain exactly about that later. <laughs> I know that loads of people are saying, what is this? But it's World Cup qualifying. Ultimately, it's what that's about. Because on the line now here, 0808 17 17 700, we have called this man, though, who truly is a legend, a football legend, especially in Ireland with Celtic fans too. The Ireland uh, player... Pat Bonner joins us. I'm just hesitating for a second, Rob, because I think you were doing the commentary. 1990, Ireland against Romania in the knockout stages. Was, was, there, yeah. a, was there a memorable penalty save at all in that tournament? I'm just trying to think back, Packy. What do you reckon? Yeah, I'm afraid there was. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, missed, I missed four, got to one. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, we remember the one, thankfully, for you. Modest as always, Pat. How did you feel? Can you remember? Take us back to that time. Of course, it was the, the stadium was full. You had the whole nation there behind you of Ireland. What's it like, the pressure, standing, uh, trying to save a penalty in a World Cup? Well, it was slightly different. It was a different, probably, level because it was it was such a, a big game, World Cup, millions of people watching in. As you say, the stadium was full. But, you know, I didn't, I didn't feel the pressure. And, and, I, and that sounds a little bit, you know, mad to say something like that in, in such an environment. But I didn't feel it because... I always felt that the goalkeeper is the person who shouldn't save penalties. If that, if that sounds a bit mad, also, um, you know, we we were we were still in the game um, at that point in time. We weren't weren't behind at any point in the penalty shootout, and to save a penalty, um, you know, the one thing I've always said about it is that you don't have to catch it. You don't even have to knock it away to safety. You just got to keep it out of the net. <laughs> and it was a bit like David Marshall last night. Just keep it out of the net. And I was going the right way for every single penalty. I had a decent game. And it's all about confidence, really, at the end of the day. Um, the, the rules have changed, as we know, Paul. 
everything's a slightly different now. I don't know how goalkeepers have actually can keep their feet on the line. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that that yeah. that is madness to me because I had this little shuffle that I used to go one way to exaggerate uh, and I can almost force the penalty taker into into the, the corner I wanted to go to. So I would go one way and then get momentum to go in the other way um, from that perspective. But the pressure. As I said, I didn't feel pressure. I really didn't feel pressure. And it was such a, a huge game. And, you know, if, if you save one and the lads are capable of sticking the back of it, you are the instant hero. And I mean, when you say you didn't feel pressure, Paki, was that, is that because uh, you had in your mind all the homework you'd done and all the preparation yeah. you'd done? You, you kind of knew what was coming. You knew what each individual player was likely to do. Yeah, Rob, it wasn't the case. Listen, in those days, you didn't have analysis that you have now. You didn't. The only the only person really that we knew in that Romanian team uh, was Hadji. You know, he was such a fantastic player. Um, uh, but you didn't you didn't have your iPad or you didn't have a lot of a lot of information. And the penalty shootout anyway. Most players who take penalties don't normally take it. We we had two guys, of course, that took penalties that night. And and one, of course, everybody knows it was Dave O'Leary who scored it. Never took a penalty. But also Ray Houghton took a penalty that night and had never had a penalty in his life before. Would you believe that? Wow. Uh, really? Which, yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And I didn't know that until a couple of years ago when, when I was, Ray, Ray mentioned it to me. He said, I never took a penalty before mm-hmm. in my life. You'd imagine so, he would, so, Pat, because he was such a, you know, he struck, he struck the ball so well. And, and, yeah. and he played in that sort of, kind of almost attack and roll, you know, yeah. he was a winger, but he played and scored goals. But no, no, I never took a penalty. So so that's what you're up against in the penalty shooter. You don't have a lot of information at that time. Definitely not a lot because of of, of the lack of, of information. So you can almost set yourself up in a way. I, I had, I listen, I had played against Aberdeen in the cup final here before on the way to the World Cup and I had a bit of a shocker. You know, I didn't, I, I didn't go the right way for about eight penalties out of nine. Was that against Charlie penalty, Nicholas? Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. The only penalty I, I went the right way for in that particular game, uh, that, that shootout in the, in the cup final, Scottish cup final was Jim Bett's penalty because oh. I, I knew Jim Bett and, and I kind of knew that where he put it and I actually nearly saved it because it touched my fingers. Uh, but he had it with a bit of pace into the corner. Mm-hmm. But I went the wrong way for every other penalty. So I had done my homework after that, and I sort of kind of sat down with Jerry Payton, who was who was the second choice goalkeeper at the time. But Jerry was older; he was like a coach to me, and he had watched the cup final, and we t- talked through, it and it was almost came up with a kind of a process of how the the, the player who was going to take the penalty, how he stepped up to the ball, the angle that he stood at. Mm-hmm. Um, and if he stood at an acute angle, he was going to put it. Our our surmise was that he was going to put it back into the same corner that I was actually, uh, you know, that he was standing on. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you think about the penalty, I say that's exactly what happened. Yep. Daniel Tomofti. Daniel Tomofti. Acute angle. Yeah. yeah. And and he put it back into that side. So I kind of had had to. Re- I went the right way for every single penalty. Funnily enough, mm-hmm. compared to the cup final, because I had done my homework. The other thing I was high in confidence because I had played well in the game and. Um, I had sort of, kind of almost was on a high. I remember before when we were almost getting ourselves organised for the penalty shootout, I took myself away to the side. I stretched off. I had my mind right. I had my plan. All of those things were in my head in that sort of almost 10 minutes leading up to the penalty. And it was about focus. Uh, mm-hmm. And then it was about when you get into that situation and you're on the line, it's about timing. It's about watching the player, watching the ball at the crucial moment, and then picking your side and knowing where, hoping that he's going to put it there. And if you go the right way and you've got a bit of momentum, 
like what David Marshall had last night, you have a real chance of saving saving yeah. the penalty if it's not hit brilliantly and it's a nice height off the ground. And my know, goodness, he did last night, didn't he? Yeah. Cy Ferry, size with us, as you know. Cy, do you take yeah. many penalties? What do you want to no, ask no, Pat no, Bonner? I've yeah. not got the ball to hit a penalty, but just on Big Jack Paque, how, how did yeah. he, what was his reception to you after the game? Obviously, you were the hero. Did, did Jack say anything to you? Not really, you know. Jack was doing his press conference and all that. He was obviously delighted that we went through, but no, he didn't. And and I don't think he said anything to, to anybody actually before the penalty should have because we we didn't. I was no king actually. who was the technical director at the time. He was the guy that was kind of almost going round asking who was wanting to take a penalty. <laughs> so we we didn't really have a plan. And, and Jack's philosophy around that was: listen, if I set out a plan before the game and I pick four or five or maybe six people who would potentially take a penalty. I could end up with three of them off, off because yeah. of substitution or injury. We're all over the place, so we kind of leave it almost till the end of the game. So that was kind of Jack's philosophy. And, it, and then who's confident is the key. Like, who, who, whoever could imagine that David Leary, who'd never had a penalty, was a centre-half, he came on sub, was ever going to go up and take a penalty. <laughs> you know what I mean? And he did. So that was Jack's way of, of doing it. After, after he was obviously, you know... And, and, and great form and you know Jack uh, at that time you know liked the Penty Guinness as we all did and <laughs> <laughs> so we celebrated in style um, that evening I think the crowd were allowed in the hotel all of that type of stuff and it was such a, a huge occasion for, for, for our our country and everybody concerned imagine Ireland getting to a quarter final imagine Scotland uh, getting to a quarter final no I can't I can un- you've gone too far now <laughs> <laughs> imagination's well, well, listen, not that good I, 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 Listen, I would love to see Scotland do that. I'm really disappointed our own country, Republic, has gone out last night in the penalty shootout. But uh, Scotland getting through, and Northern Ireland for that matter, but Scotland in in general getting through. uh, You know, I live here for 40, over 40 years. I've got my son born here, my grandson now is 12 years old. And it would be fantastic to see Scotland in 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 a major championship after all this time so I'm, I'm really delighted for the boys you know and also next weekend Spacky you'll be uh, I imagine at Celtic Rangers doing it for the Beeb looking forward to this one it's really really it's hotting up now isn't it the uh, the chase for the title it is it is it's got, listen the competition this year was always going to be intense um it's just really a pity that the crowd's not able to to be in in, in these big games now. It's it's a real, it's a, you know, we're, we're of course Rob uh, and myself, uh, you know, do do a lot of comedy together. It's just not quite the same, Rob, is it? No, uh, when, no, when it means that, it means that you can hear me, which is unfortunate for you <laughs> <laughs> and the viewers Absolutely. and the listeners. Absolutely, but no, that, that's the only pity. But listen, it's going to be a, a, an intense game. It'll be an interesting game. Uh, I think, uh, you know. While while Celtic haven't played particularly brilliantly this year, as we come to the norm other years, they have won games. Um, they have the players. The the players now coming back from even international duty will be high in confidence. Um, and uh, from that perspective, so so they will be, you know, they're at home also, which is a big one. But Rangers are playing very well, and uh, their players will be will be high in confidence. And I think the crowd not being there will allow Rangers to come maybe with a little bit more of confidence more relaxed into Celtic Park uh, than, than the norm and that will be interesting to see how that all pans out but don't don't be don't be surprised if it's going to be a draw this one do you think a scoring draw do you reckon a scoring draw this one yeah that's my that's my hunch wow. yeah Sai see just on David Marshall Paquet are you surprised that Celtic never made more uh, an effort to sign him he was a free transfer and ended up playing, paying £6 million for Barkas 
Yeah, um, um, probably you're right. Uh, and when, when a goalkeeper of his quality comes up um, and he and he is on the free transfer, then you would probably think that he's on the list. Mm. Um, they've obviously looked elsewhere. Maybe they looked at, at, at David from his maybe time uh, before as a young man. That might have influenced. You know, David, David has improved dramatically by going down to England. There is no question about that. He's very experienced now. You could see it even last night. He's a bit of a leader now. Uh, that wasn't really in his makeup when he was young. Mm-hmm. And I know he was only young when he was there the last time. Uh, but, but he wasn't, uh, you know, a big commanding character. That, but he's developed, and, and I've seen a big, big difference in him uh, by going down there. So, um, yeah, he, he would have loved to have come back. There's no doubt about that. Uh, coming back to Celtic, look at what happened. Craig Gordon, you know, out injured for all that time, has come came back to Celtic and ended up winning so many trophies and resurrecting his his career to a point. Even, you know, I'm, I was a bit disappointed that, that they let him go actually, also because I think he would have, considering he didn't sign um, um, Foster, Foster. Th- that yeah, that that he would have done a, a real job. But they've got Barkas now. He's still a bit of development to do. There's no doubt. Um, I was talking to Stevie. Uh, about him the other day, and uh, he says he just has to, you know, develop physically actually a little bit. He yeah. hasn't, um, yeah, and and from a fitness perspective too. So th- those those are key things for him to develop, and he'll probably get better. But I think he's got good feet on him. That's that's what I've liked. I think he's ha- very comfortable with with the ball coming back to him. Um, and, and he fits into probably the way the Celtic want to play to a point. Um, so, just, just, so, Mike, you just going back to the shootout last night, and then and, and David Marshall. I mean, we were just speaking about earlier in the show a massive psychological shift, isn't there, in a shootout when when David Marshall pulls off that save, not just from anyone, but from the star yeah. man really in the Israeli team Zahavi. Yeah, I looked at the, at the penalties again um, before I came actually even on this show. I just wanted to remind myself. Oh, because last night I was jumping from from Scotland to Ireland to Northern Ireland, course, watching, yeah, yeah. watching the penalty shootout uh, here in the house, and I wanted to just remind myself and look right through it. And and that, but the Scottish players looked really, really even even John McGinn's uh, penalty, which he was very lucky at the end up to to scorned under uh, Mascherano's body, but he was still confident looking. Mm-hmm. Each each and every single one of the Scottish players looks confident. When I looked then at at the Israel players. He didn't look actually overconfident. And of course, then when they lose a penalty right at the start, they're trying to catch up. And that then adds to that sort of kind of pressure that comes on them. Uh, yeah, I, I, I thought that Scotland handled it very, very well. And look, look at if you look at the quality of the players taking the penalties too, you know, oh, yeah. every one yeah. of them technically very, very comfortable. It was and, really uh, good at the end, yeah. Really, really good, yeah. Pat, thanks very much for joining us. It's 1-0 for Scotland in the under-21 match. Pat Bonner, legend, joining us on the Go Radio Football Show. We're back in a moment or two. Thanks, Pat. Pleasure, guys. The Go Radio Football Show. Let's go. With Rob McLean, Ali Defoy and Cy Ferry here all evening, Monday to Friday. It's not all of us, but every night. <laughs> two hours of uh, great football news and we've got news from Tynecastle, the under-21s, Rob. Yeah, Scotland under-21s have gone ahead against the Czech Republic. It was a 5.30 kickoff, and Fraser Hornby has got the only goal of the game so far. Shot in off the post from him. We were hearing about him earlier in the week from Peter Houston, uh, who's part of the under-21 coaching setup under Scott Gemmell. Uh, playing his club football in France these days, Hornby, he has the goal. So that's really good news that Scotland under-21s are ahead at Tynecastle. And we're discussing with you about last night. Scotland 0-0 after 120-odd minutes because of the injury time as well added on then it went to the penalties but we did it and we're through for the match with Serbia which Sai you think that going in uh, as we are we, 
you're more hopeful that we can come through that one and actually get to the finals for the first time in 22 years. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, when you look at Stevie Clark, his most successful period was at Kilmarnock. I think they were bottom league when they came in. What he did do well was grind out results, you know, and I would fancy a Steve Clark team away to Serbia more than I would at home to Israel. Because we're the underdogs. Yeah, underdogs. we're the underdogs. Yeah. I, think he's, I think he's very good as a defensive manager. I think that is his setup. You know, he's good at setting up a team not to get beat. And if we can do that, you know, we've got guys with good delivery, we can get Christy back fit and, and a big team now. When you look at Scotland's side last night with your Dykes, McTominay, we do create chances at set pieces. Hopefully we can nick a set piece and keep it tight at the back. But Si, they've got some talent in that yeah. squad when you look through it. They've got Alexander uh, Kolarov, he's the captain, uh, ex of Man City, now of Inter Milan. Uh, Dusan Tadic, uh, Sergei uh, Savic, who's with Lazio these days. Alex Mitrovic is a real goal scorer. Uh, he plays at Fulham at the moment. Luka Jovic is with Real Madrid to name five but let's look at their uh, th- latest results at home their last three competitive home games nil uh, nil against Turkey 2-2 okay. against Ukraine and they only beat Luxembourg by three goals to two so it's things like that yeah. that, 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 that let you uh, peer through the big names in the squad who tend to grab your attention immediately and realise uh, that they're no world beaters Serbia Reading that, it's toffee. Scotland, easy work. <laughs> toffee, I like that <laughs> word. You're, 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 you Hopefully catch him on the counter. I think the fact that we've got Ryan Fraser, he'll have played more minutes. Yeah. You know, and, and hopefully we can get Lee Griffiths back. Well, you know, look, look at the name side that can come back in, the ones that didn't yeah. uh, take part last night Tierney, McKenna, Armstrong, Christie, Forrest, Griffiths. That's just half a dozen. I mean, any of those are going to. Yeah, they're starters, the aren't they, Rob? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. they're starters. So again, you need yeah. to give Steve, Steve Clark, you know, you need to give him a bit of leeway when you see the names that are missing out. So maybe I'm being a bit harsh. Three of those four were definitely going to be starters, weren't they? And maybe all four. Yeah, definitely. And as I say, like when you see the names like Forrest, Christie, uh, Fraser, Griffiths, they're the guys that when you are sitting in, they're the guys that, that you need on counter attack. You know, I think that's Steve Clark's style of play. Mm-hmm. And he was missing the players last night, so you need to give him a bit of leeway. There wasn't much pace going forward. You know, I think if we can get the guys back in the team, then it'll, it'll suit Steve Clark. Let's hear from the manager. Then this was uh, his reaction after the match. When you do everything properly in the build-up, and I think we did that. Uh, obviously, we one or two little distractions. Uh, you get your reward. Obviously, David made a really good save. We got a little bit lucky with John's first one, but he, he said that's what he aimed for. Okay, that's uh, Stevie Clark afterwards. More to talk between now and the end of the programme. Give us a call. Ali, loads of calls coming in. I think we're going to go now to Stephen is on the line. Stephen, good evening. Evening all. How are we doing? Ah, we're good, thanks. Well, at least we're through. How are you? How are the nerves after last night? A bit short. To be fair, the five penalties were good. That, again, that would have been a good save for the keeper, to be fair, but we, we took them well, so... That was good. Apart from that, not a lot to cling on to. But I was just listening to you and the point about it, it's, it's a really good point. The players that were missing, especially for me, Lee Griffiths is the big one because we just don't have a striker like him. But I mean, I was coming on because <clears throat> I was listening to Brian from the Tartan Army mm-hmm. and kind of slaughtering um, Ollie McBurney. And I'm just thinking it's the same excuse that gets trotted out all the time. Or he's only doing it for Sheffield United. And it's like, these, these people don't have a clue. Uh, the way that we set, we set up to play, especially last night, he was never going to get any joy. And the, the grief that that boy gets is beyond me because he, he comes up and he puts in a shift. We bring on somebody 
not even Sheffield United, Dundee United to replace him. And it, it was the same story. So why he gets grief, I don't know. The other point about uh, if the 50,000 fans had been in, well, one, there wouldn't have been 50,000 because it wasn't sold out. And two, you know over the last year how the fans have, I wouldn't say turned, but the moans and groans that have crept in because we've just not been able to keep the ball, it would have been 10 times worse last night. But we're through, and I think, Sai, you've got a good point about going away and being the, un- and being the underdog and helping with that. I, had, I sent a message all day and I never got a chance to come on before the game last night but the, the point I was making si, I, I was listening to the podcast and we're talk, you guys were talking about Rangers and Celtic and the expectations of maybe getting to the quarterfinals or the semis of the Europa League yeah. and the way that they've played over the last two years in Europe has been so expansive they've taken the, the game to teams they've played around about them they've done so well so we've got, the, we've got the, the nucleus of that system that we can bring in to then implement a system that we have with Scotland so that if players are unavailable, they can come in and they still know the system to play that way. And yet, we just don't seem to be utilising it. I just yeah. don't. There's a lot there Si What would you say Yeah and that's my worry With Steve Clark You mm. know when you think Of our t- better, better players At Celtic Rangers Liverpool Man United The way they play every week Is, is forward thinking football You know it's attacking football And I think they struggle You know when you watch them Last night Callum McGregor does not look The same player as he looks For Celtic Ryan Jack does not look The same player he looks For, for Rangers uh, Sorry uh, for Rangers yeah. And the biggest one is, is Andy Robertson You know when you think Of Andy Robertson Playing for Liverpool Andy Robertson gets The ball at his feet Playing the ball forward and he's bombing forward. I see Andy Robertson last night with no one near him, and he's on the halfway line and he's passing it back to David Marshall. I mean, that's my worry. Why? Why? And that's what I want to know. And it's, it baffles me why Steve Clark's never asked after the game. Is that is that an instruction for the side to, to play back the way, or is that the players maybe going into their shell because they're not playing well for Scotland? Mm. These are the things that I want to know. But as I say, our players are forward-thinking players. John McGinn always on the front foot for Aston Villa. And uh, that would be my worry uh, with these players under under Steve Clark. And what would you say to Stephen, who's supporting Ola McBurney? It was tough for him last night. He was on the programme with you here a month ago. Uh, what would you say about Ola McBurney? Yeah, I said it earlier in the show, and you know, I'm not just saying this because I like Ola McBurney as a guy, but um, he's uh, he's not easy on that eye. He isn't. I understand that, but his record speaks for itself. If you give him service, he scores goals, and, and I agree. The caller now is saying about Brian That playing for Sheffield United in, in the Premier League means nothing Of course it does He's playing at the top level sure. He's scoring goals at the top level He scored 20 goals in the Championship Based on getting crosses into the box Now, if we're putting crosses into the box And Ollie McBurney's not doing it I'll criticise him Believe me, I will But it's hard for me to sit and criticise a guy Who we aren't playing at his strengths Were there any balls in the box? Were there I can't remember oh, I can't can remember many well, Yeah, and, and, and when we did get the ball in the box From, set, from a set piece yeah. We, we should have scored with, with McTominay yeah. five minutes for half time. There were a, other a couple of free kicks as well, which which had a, a, a pretty much untested defence over the whole evening. There's the Israeli back line. Um, they, they looked suspect, but we didn't put balls into the box for, for two big strikers in Dykes and McBurney. And you're spot on, Rob, because as, as a manager for me, I look at a team's weaknesses. That would be my first thing I look at. What, what does this team not do well? Near Beton's playing centre half, yeah, lovely footballer. But defensively, is he great in the box? No. Put balls in the box mm-hmm. my, my thought would be Can we get Dykes Or McBurney To peel on Beat on And can we get the ball wide And can we get the ball Ball at the back post on To play on that And it just never happened I think we concentrate Far too much On the defensive side of the game We should be imposing ourselves at Hamden At home games We should be taking The, the game to, to, to the other team Stephen if you're the manager This weekend What are you going to do Then for the match? Yeah, 
get more balls into the box, Rob. You were saying there about the it was set plays, and again, I'm not I'm not trying to come on and digging out Brian <laughs> all the time, but the whole and I'm not digging out McTominay. He should have scored, and the yeah. whole yeah. Oh, it was a, it was a header. It could have went anywhere. What? No, anywhere in the back good. of the net would have done. <laughs> <laughs> and he had space. And, but Jenk, if we yeah. score that goal, does that change the game? Like, do we do, do we attack more, or do we do we end up defending more? Maybe settles us I, down. I, I, yeah, I, I, maybe I, settles us down. Yeah, maybe settles us down. I would worry it put it down your shell. I think Andy Robertson was unlucky as well with the free kick because looking at it from behind from that camera angle, if he'd actually just had it a bit harder, mm-hmm. it was probably going in the top bin. And yeah, then, it was a great free kick. About, uh, and we're talking about a different game, but. Uh, the the lack of link up play and crosses in terms of the forward play as a concern. Is he going to change it? No. And, and another thing for me is I think with Dykes and McBurney because they've no played a lot of games for Scotland or at club level and and McBurney's not scored yet for Scotland, they're, they're easy to accept the way the team's playing. Whereas I say if you get a Lee Griffiths in the team. Lee Griffiths isn't he's not accepting that. He's not accepting running after lost causes. He's saying to the midfielders Get the ball into my feet. And I think that's what we need more of for the players. All right, the instruction, instructions come for the side. But on the pitch, these guys are experienced players. Take it upon yourself to think, this is not working, we need to change it. Here's another thing about Lee Griffiths. Would Scotland have gone through 120 minutes without a shot on target in two hours with Lee Griffiths on no the pitch? Way. Don't think so. No, he's again no a guy way. that would uh, he'd take it upon himself. You know, as I say, he would, he would get others around him saying, listen, I need better service than this. Come on, let's change the way we're playing here. Get the ball into my feet and I'll, I'll get shots away. So... Understand the manager, but the players as well. You know, we need to, they need to think for themselves. It's, it's, you kind of just listen to the side all the time. If you're on the pitch and you see it's not working, change it. Stephen, what do you think about uh, Ross McCrory being promoted and Paul McGinn being called up? And Andy Considine. And, yeah. Um, I was surprised a bit, to be honest, that McCrory wasn't involved in the first place, just because he's obviously had a great start to his Aberdeen career and he's played in a few positions, so he's quite versatile, especially maybe at the back. Um, Paul McGinn uh, is a bit of a strange one uh, uh, he was kind of brought in at Hibs to maybe help out a bit more but fair enough um, are, are any of those players going to improve the squad mm. and I guess I'm sounding negative and I've, <laughs> I'm not trying to do that but no, I know, I'm the same as <laughs> is, it, is it going to make any difference really to the start and the living these are guys to fill out the numbers really aren't they effectively and, and in, in McCrory's case and McGinn's case to get a little bit of experience I mean Andy Considine is an experienced player anyway but I mean th- these guys are not going to be starting for Scotland anytime soon I wouldn't no. have thought but if McGinn's been brought in as you would expect as a as a centre back surely Paul Hanlon's your, your more obvious choice who's been the Hibs captain that plays centre back and and, and, with, and with Ryan Porteous already in the squad as well, yeah. that might have made sense to the two of them. Yeah, Stephen, right, there, yeah. before you go then, we're going to lift uh, the mood of Sai and, <laughs> and all of us here, Ali and I. Uh, let's, hear I from, let's hear from <laughs> the, man, the man of the moment uh, himself, David Marshall, talking about the, the penalties taken so well by his teammates. The final four penalties for us were real high standard. Um, the boys have been practising them every day, so it's, it's obviously done them the world of good because to go and score five and that obviously pressure situation have been great he was so cool yeah yep. and as I say these guys have played in big games it's yep. no surprise to me that when empty Hamden that these guys can, can stroll up do and you think that's where it did make a big difference the, the <laughs> not really the Paul, to be honest with you nah. no, I think as I say these guys are they're playing at the highest level yep. you know they're playing with Celtic and Rangers they're playing the Premier League mm-hmm. they're used to high pressure situations yeah, yeah but I mean we saw what happened with Zahavi I mean he's yeah, a quality a player point. he's yeah. a really experienced player plays his club football for, for PSV um, you know you would have expected that him to be a stick on that's I didn't think that was yeah. a bad penalty did you I thought it was no, a good save it was a good save devastated wasn't he yeah 
No, that, that well, was that's a, why he took yeah. the first one, wasn't it? He was, as you said, the stick on for them. Yeah. They expected him to score, and it made such a psychological difference to get that great save at the beginning. Yeah. John yeah. McGinn was saying he aimed for Marciano's <laughs> gloves. That was uh, that was what went wrong with that one, but it did find a way of slithering through and into the back. Squirming, of the I think, was the word he Indeed. used. I quite like that one. See, just on it though. So the next two games, what, what, will Steve Clark go the same team? What do you think? Do you think he'll change it, Rob? Um, I think I think he'll tweak it slightly but I don't think it'll make massive change I think it will be the same shape um, because he's got to be thinking about the, the game in, in Serbia Wh- whatever the challenges of the two upcoming games are against Slovakia and the Czech Republic the one that we really have to be ready for is that one in Serbia against a real top quality team that's the one that hopefully if we continue our run of results if not performances recently takes us to the European Championship Finals Yeah I think when you see no, I think Northern Ireland won again last night didn't they? Yeah, in, uh, and, in extra time as yeah, well. And they've got yeah. they've got a settled eleven. When yeah. you're looking, they qualify for turn, big tournaments with not as good players that we've got, but they've got a settled eleven. They play like a club team. They know each, how each other play, and they qualify for for tournaments. That's the way we need to get that. Yeah. We need to get a settled eleven that plays friendlies and plays qualifiers. And I think that that stand us in a much better stead. Stephen, we have to remember before you go, Armstrong was missing, Christie, Tierney, and they'll be missing Sunday. McKenna, Palmer. Burke and of course uh, Forrest so for the match in a month's time it could be a very different Scotland and as Rob says that's the most important thing of course and uh, again you made a good point Ty about Ryan Fraser he's going to get more minutes Uh, my biggest hope is and I'm a Rangers fan by the way but my biggest hope is that Lee Griffiths gets a a good lot of minutes gets some goals because if he's in the team it just gives him a focal point and I think that would be the biggest thing for me yeah, you're a Scotland fan as well as a Rangers fan. Exactly. I remember the two or three kicks against England. Yeah. Yeah, and I think we're all we're all wondering whether he could could have been in in this squad. To be honest, not not for last night's game, but potentially for the other two. Uh, get him in among the squad. Some high intensity training with the national side might do him a whole lot of good, uh, and it would certainly lift everybody around him because he he does have that that positive effect, and and he would be taking shots at goal from thirty five yards last night, and just seeing how good that that goalkeeper for for Israel was because. Um, we struggled to, to find that out in the course of the evening yeah I mean Lee Griffiths for me is a no-brainer I was starting for Scotland I know he's only played 20 minutes against St Johnston but do you think Celtic have said no do you think it's Celtic that have said no we want him under our eye we want to get him back fully fit fully sharp we want him training with us rather than training with the, with the national squad I think so I think he's responded well to the individual training that he's had at Celtic and they're probably just wanting that to continue especially mm-hmm. how well he done against St Johnston but if I'm a, from a manager, for me, I want him to get as much games as possible. You know, and if Steve Steve Clark could guarantee Celtic that Lee Griffiths was going to get good minutes on the pitch, but for me, I, I would say I would want him to go away and play. It's that and dilemma, his confidence as well. Yeah, get his yeah. confidence up definitely, Ali. They let Beaton go, didn't he? And yeah, he was injured. Yeah, well, I'm not sure. I'm not sure he did let Beaton go. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a story to be told about that one further down the line because uh, Neil Lennon's take was that uh, near Beaton wasn't going to play. I think the fact that it's seven days away now from the old firm Derby that must be on Neil Lennon's mind. He doesn't. He's lost uh, Christie, yeah. and he doesn't want to lose uh, Lee Griffiths. That could come in at Paul. You know, you never know what's going to happen yeah. when he goes away. Who he's hanging about with with the Corona yeah. and things like that. And Neil Lennon might not want yeah. any to take any sort of risk I'm, because if Edward's not going to play, for me. Lee Griffiths will play of course. if Edward's yeah. not fit to play I know yeah. Lee Griffiths only played 20 minutes but he'll start against Rangers I would think if Edward was not going to be fit I mean the Scotland protocols will be absolutely superb yeah. and I'm sure the same with France you know that Edward they're saying it's probably travelling there. nobody knows how they've got it yeah. um, 
but probably it's not something against Scotland it's just you would imagine the Celtic campers saying wait a minute this is a massive game next week a home game against Rangers for going for 10 in a row Rangers going for one to stop it it's a massive game they can't take a, a risk No your point is a good one will Neil Lennon be thinking about uh, Lee Griffiths maybe getting some game time with Scotland I don't think so no. I think his full focus is on what happens a week tomorrow Yeah, I think as well these guys have, Lee Griffiths have been on an individual programme you know when he yeah. goes away with Scott he didn't know yeah. what his training's going to be like mm-hmm. could Maybe he pull up with something yeah, more or less than what he's been doing things are going well for him again as you say for Neil Lennon why would he risk that Northern Ireland went through last night as you said sign it was in the penalties as well so they're through the Republic of Ireland out but Scotland are through as you know keep the calls coming 0808 17 17 700 the Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go. This time last night we were building up to the big kickoff Scotland against Israel. Barry Ferguson, the Scotland and Rangers legend, was with us, and Barry, the build-up was brilliant. And then kickoff, and what happened? How are you feeling, Barry? You'll be delighted we're through, but my goodness, it was close and a long night. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah obviously delighted the the boys done it in the end. But I'll be honest with you, I was on the, the edge of the sofa. Um, it was an edgy encounter. But you know what? The most important thing is the boys got it done, albeit after 120 minutes and penalties. The most important thing is they're through. They've got a one-off game against Serbia next month, and you never know a one-off game. So uh, just delighted they've done it. So we're 90 minutes away for hopefully reaching a major championship again. And Barry, it shows you how discerning our callers are because we were surprised. We thought Scotland would do it in regular time, but a few of our callers last night got it right. No, they got it right. Um, I thought, to be honest with you, I thought it was going to be close on what I did say on Monday. I thought we maybe have edged it by a goal. Um, but look, we went away past my bedtime. I had to stay up and, and watch it. Uh, but listen, it was, it was a nervy encounter, I'll be honest with you. We have played better. Um, but you know what? The most important thing is people will forget how they played um, next month. The main thing for me is Winning a one-off game, as I said, against Serbia. A, they are a top team. They've got top players. Um, but you never know. You never know. They've got to go over there with a bit of confidence now. Um, and hopefully we'll have uh, that, the six players that were obviously missing through injury and obviously getting the coronavirus. And the one guy that I think we're all desperate to see back playing for Scotland, Lee Griffiths, hopefully yeah. he's back firing again and we can get him up top because... To get him back, I think it would give not just the team, but the full country a lift. You must have made a dent in the Ferguson Vineyards last night, oh Barry, watching God. that. No, I, I never had one. I'm just looking at a bottle <laughs> now. I'm letting that bottle breathe just now. Yeah. So 45 minutes is my recommendation. Yeah, it was 25 <laughs> minutes into breathing, so I've got okay. 20 minutes left, and then I'll be uh, pouring the first glass. One glass a night, because I've got a, an important league game tomorrow, so I need to be fresh for that. Yeah. Are you playing tomorrow? Uh, Edinburgh University we're playing tomorrow so um, a tough game obviously on Wednesday I'll, I'll probably make a few changes just to freshen it up and, just um, so I can't that. follow what you're doing well, I'm playing Dundee United isn't it? so I'll send, yeah. you, I'll send you a scout report after it mate no I was do you know what I was going to text you tonight after the show 
and I was going to ask you, he gave me a, give me a full report on Dundee United because obviously we've got them in, in Tuesday. So. Will, will you tell him the truth? So no, will you just make, <laughs> make something up? I'll, I'll tell him that even Golak's still the manager. <laughs> it depends though if you want a job with him. Is he not? Sai, what do you want to say to Barry then? Because you were listening last night, we were hyping it up, we were up for it. Yeah, we're through. And Barry did say at one point, listen, as long as we get through, that's what matters. Yeah, well, I just wanted to ask uh, Fergie this. Um, why do you think it is Barry that the players are playing so differently for their club form when they go away with Scotland just now? Do you know what Sai? I was actually thinking the same thing see during the game yeah. I, I was looking at I mean I, I keep going on about it and you're probably the same I always look at the midfield because obviously I was a midfielder myself and you'll be the same Yeah. Uh, look I thought John McGinn was good last night um, he was getting he was all over the place in terms of his energy levels were great and, and Callum McGregor was again a wee bit playing within himself. I don't know whether it's a different way of playing when they go to Scotland because, as I've explained to you before, it's really difficult for the manager because they probably turned up, some of them turned up on Sunday. Obviously, McGinn and, and Robertson were playing on Sunday, so I would have guessed they would have been late Sunday night or Monday. You don't really get the full squad training together. Um, so that's probably going to affect uh, the way that they play, but it's frustrating at times because as I keep going on about it, I look at the squad and I think we've got we've got real quality players and all guys that are are playing at big clubs who are under pressure every single week to win. So it's frustrating watching it. I was I was like yourself last night. I was just thinking, well, no, even I don't even think we're playing at our, our, our anywhere near our full potential. Can I ask you this as well, Fergie? Because I wanted to know this because obviously you were a top player. See, back in your days when, when you got instructions for the side, see if you were on the pitch and you felt that the instructions weren't working, would you change it yourself on the pitch? All right, listen, you go with what the manager says, but sometimes, again, you'll know what it's like on the pitch. You'll see it differently. Yeah. And I, I was always one for, listen, you take the guidance for the, the manager or, or the coaches, but... To be fair to the managers and the coaches, they always say to me on the pitch, if you see it a bit different, then you can go and maybe do something different yourself. Um, and do you think I that's because like you were the players, captain, Barry? No, I like to see. I, I would like to see more of the players take more responsibility. Yes. And I, I look at it last night, and listen, as I said, I would love to see Scotland playing free-flowing football and attacking and getting crosses into the box all the time it just wasn't happening but I just like somebody to take the game by the scruff of the neck and be a proper leader and show that they want to drive the the team forward I mean we were talking we were just talking a wee while ago Barry about the fact that we had two big strikers in Dykes and McBurney how many crosses were put into the box from open play because when we did it at set pieces uh, there were chances but it didn't. I mean, I, I'm trying to remember how many crosses there would have been in the course of two hours from the wide areas. Yeah, but I, I was looking again last night, and I'd like to have seen us go a wee bit back to front at times. I know a lot of people like to get the ball in the deck and see nice football, but for me, every time the ball went up in the air, Lyndon Dykes was winning it. He was causing yeah. problems for that back three, Israel, and I would have liked to have seen seen us do a, do that maybe sometimes go go long and then. He was maybe, I mean, he, he was winning most of the balls in there and flicking it on. Yeah. So I would have liked to have see, seen his change that up. And again, I see too many players getting in the final third and turning back. Is we, I think it was Monday we were speaking about it, side. Yeah. They take the easy option and play it back and keep the ball. Just get the ball in the box sometimes. Let Israel 
worry about guys like Dykes and McBurney because that's their sort of game. Physical presence inside the box. Israel didn't like it any time it, it came up to them there. Yeah, but I just want to ask yeah. one, one more question for Barry. Big game tomorrow, um, Barry. What time will you put Bob Malcolm in the bath and send him to his bed tonight? But <laughs> 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 he's out. He's out in a pulling ninety nines and and selling stuff on his ice cream van. But he's been told eight o'clock's his cut off time. Brilliant. <laughs> Make sure he's tucked up by ten o'clock and. Is that Scottish um, Government rules or is that your rules? <laughs> That's my rules. my rules. Barry, before you go, Slovakia on Sunday, what can we learn from that game? What's the manager going to do? What would you do with the squad? I think got? he's going to... Listen to his interview after the game, Paul. Mm. I, I think he's definitely going to change it up. I mean, it was... It did... Not just physically, mentally, it would have took a lot out of the players last night mm. um, playing 120 minutes. Um, and obviously the the penalty kicks. I, I think he will change it and give some other guys an opportunity um, to go and see what they can do on the international scene. So I, I would probably say he would freshen the team up for the game on Sunday. And is there any chance you think that Lee Griffiths will be called up? Obviously not. doesn't look like it for Sunday. Yeah, it doesn't look like it. I, I would have... Well, I mean, I think we spoke about it last night again. Mm-hmm. Um I would have liked to imagine that Stevie Clark maybe have picked up the phone and see if Neil Lennon maybe have let him come and, and join up with the squad because I just think a, a fit Lee Griffiths um, is just a, a fantastic centre-forward. We, we need Tim firing. It was great to see him back on Sunday. It was only 14 minutes, but you've seen the effect he had on that Celtic team. Yep. And you'll have the same effect with the Scotland team. Mm-hmm. You've seen it in the past. He's just a natural goal scorer. And a good player as well. And he's a good character. He knows what it takes to win games of football and he can handle the pressures that come with that. So it doesn't look if he's going to be called up, but you know what? In a month's time again, Serbia, I hope he gets game time for Celtic because Scotland national team certainly need a, a, a fit Lee Griffiths. Barry, you'll be keeping tabs on the Scotland Under-21 game at Tynecastle against the Czech Republic. Kicked off at half-five. Lewis, your nephew, is playing. And Scotland one up. Fraser Hornby uh, has got the only goal so far at Tynecastle. Uh, 1-0 Scotland against the, the Czech Republic. Yep, yep. Keep an eye, obviously. I know uh, Ross McCrory's, uh, it looks to me, if he may be getting a, a call-up to the, the full squad. Yeah, he's getting promoted, yeah. Yeah, I was a wee bit disappointed. I'm not just saying it because it's my nephew, but um, I think Lewis in the last couple of years has come on leaps and bounds and been a main player for Aberdeen. And I was a bit disappointed he's not been mentioned maybe to get a call up. But listen, his time will come. His time will come if he keeps doing what he's doing at Aberdeen and keeps uh, improving, trying to improve on the training field. I'm sure his time will come up. But young Ross McCrory deserves it. I've spoken about him plenty of times on the show. He made a decision to go and get first team football, and, he, and he's been he's been excellent for Aberdeen. And uh, final point, Barry, before you go, thanks for coming on tonight. What about uh, your old teammate Stephen Davis? We talked about him last night. 120 caps, and so pleased that they went through on penalties. Yeah, different class. Um, lucky enough that I, I played with with a guy. He's not just a a fantastic footballer. He, he, he's a a fantastic guy as well off the park. Just goes about his business in, in a quiet way. Top trainer 
And to go and get 120 caps, no matter what national team you play for, is, is unbelievable. He, he deserves all the, um, the applause he's, he's getting. And I've seen plenty of people talking about him on TV the last day or two. Um, great guy. And do you know what? Mm-hmm. He's getting on. His legs are probably not the same as they were when I played 10 or so years ago. But he's still a great footballer. And, He's still got another two or three years. If he's, his body holds up, he'll still be a key player for Rangers and Northern Ireland going forward. Barry, busiest person in here tonight has been Ali because on the socials it's been so busy after last night and tonight. Ali, some of the comments just before Barry goes. It's yeah. size, size on. It's always busy in the <laughs> size ferry zone. No, I miss you, mate. You're the man. Uh, most of it, to be fair, is all about Scotland. But yeah, both of you make a difference to our socials. Don't worry about it. Um Alan has messaged in to say McBurney and Dykes can't play together and need a player that can get in behind with a wee bit of pace. Well, I think Dykes was running behind. I think he was. I mm. thought he'd done that quite well. He ran down the sides. But as I say, when Shanklin came on, nothing changed. Shanklin's a different type to to McBurney and Dykes. And it was exactly the same style of play that we played. So for me, it doesn't matter who's playing up there. It's how we get the ball up there. Barry and then who goes and him. runs off him. As Barry said, Dykes was winning balls, but the midfield was that deep that there was nobody to get on the seconds. I'm I'm excited to see Dykes and, and hopefully I keep saying it he gets back to full fitness in Griffiths I think two of them would be excellent together I think that's a partnership that could be unstoppable at times honestly you know what Lee Griffiths likes he, he likes playing off a big guy and I think it'll be ideal I thought Dykes was good again last night I really did I yeah. was impressed him um, he's you can't really he's ask him to do in, much more than he's doing, Barry, can you, yeah. really? No, no he's took inter, uh, international football at a duck to water, to be honest with you. A lot of question marks were put, can he go make that step up? But for me, again last night, he was impressive. Uh, not just his physical presence, he can hold the ball in and bring other, people's, other people into play as well. He's, he's decent technically. So... I just feel a wee bit for McBurney. I was honestly, I was desperate mm-hmm. for that boy yeah. to score a goal last night, whether it came off his backside or whatever. <laughs> I couldn't care less. Yeah. I just, I feel from he gets unfair criticism at times for me. I heard him on the show when Sai got him on, and <clears throat> you could hear the passion he's got, want to play for his, his national team. I was just desperate for him to score. It didn't really work from last night, um, but do you know what? You can't fault his effort. I thought he, he worked. He still put a right good shift in McBurney as well. Um, there's another message on at Go Socials, uh, go, at Go Football Show, if you're not already on there. Jack has messaged in to say, terrible the result, papered over major cracks. Why do we not even create chances with the players? It's a normal negativity, isn't it, Trying, mm. let's That was sent in from Simon Ferry, though, Barry. <laughs> <laughs> No, listen, I'm like everybody. I want to see. I want to watch Scotland and and Scotland to get the ball in the deck and play unbelievable football. And as we spoke about, spoke about getting crosses into the box because we've got the ideal players for that sort of way of playing. Well, sometimes it's just a case of getting through and winning games. You know what I mean? It's that's the thing. Uh, and I, one thing I will say: the penalties. I thought they, the five that stepped up. Apart from me again, it was a bit shaky. I was, uh, I was a wee bit panicky at that stage. I thought everyone had stepped up, looked cool, calm, and collected. I've got to be honest with you. That's a pressure situation. The guys were in there, yeah. and um, they, they, they were excellent stepping up and taking the penalties. But look, I, 
ideally we would like to see better football, but do you know what? We're through. Who we're cares? Through. Well, you'll love what Raymond has to say. He said, just good to get the win, guys. Let's just stay positive. Yeah. Barry, you couldn't put it better yourself, could you? No, that's the way I'm trying to be. Like I, I remember back when I was playing the national team under Walter Smith to start with, when mm-hmm. obviously we didn't have a great time under Bertie Bogues, and Walter came in and we had a way of playing a 4 5 1 formation. It wasn't great to watch, but you know what? We got results. Effective. Yeah. yeah. It was, and it was the same. Alan McLeish came in and, and carried that on, never yeah. changed anything. He, he just says, look, these guys, we're coming from a formation, but we could play the game as well. But one thing about us, we were well drilled and we knew our jobs inside out. And I just think if we give Stevie Clark a, a bit more time, which I think he will, and the quality that we've got, I think in time you'll see it starting to grow as a, a team. Barry, the 45 minutes are up. You can have that glass for tomorrow. 40, no, I've got five minutes left. All right. <laughs> well, we have I'm to move on. on for five minutes. I'll let you go no, no. Wait, wait, what are you having with the wine? What, what's the food for his the choice? Che- his new cheese board. You heard about this one? Oh, has he got a cheese board as well? Wow. He was telling us. <laughs> I night, yeah. Well, you did say to me you were going to buy me one, but I won't sell one. So no, I'll Monday I'll get you one, mate. What's your favourite cheese? Like I like a wee brie. A nice brie is lovely, isn't it? Camembert. Yeah. Oh, you know what? You're going to laugh here. Cheddar. <laughs> oh, right, beat it you off you go you Ned good Cheddar. remember remember I'm from Hamilton exactly <laughs> Barry Ferguson Cy Ferry thanks very much Ali Rob me Paul Cooney we're here we're back just after this cheers Barry the Bull Radio Football Show Paul Cooney with Ali Defoy Cy Ferry and Rob McLean Cy who's on this week on the Open Goal podcast well Fergie was meant to come on but he's patched this so uh, I think he's uh, going to come on the week after but I'm still in shock over that cheddar <laughs> I thought he was going to say Dairy <laughs> Lee but um, we'll no, need to get him something to get. he brings his wine every week he does uh, so uh, kind but Open Goal this week Graham Dorn's just coming on on Wednesday so I'm looking forward to fantastic. that fantastic looking forward to that the big matches coming up being uh, you playing against Kelty Hearts in about three weeks now until that one we'll have the big build up here in the station We'll also have the build-up to Serbia against Scotland, Rob, on the way. Uh, we're hearing about the old firm referee, Rob, we're hearing... Yeah, it's yeah. going to be John Beaton uh, a week tomorrow. Uh, the countdown is well underway now to Celtic against Rangers for the first time this season. And uh, John Beaton is going to be the man in charge. You will all have your thoughts about that, I'm sure. Maybe more yeah. on that uh, on the way, 08, 08, 17, 17, 700. And Ali, we've got some more news coming in. Audio from uh, Steve Clark, the Scotland manager, just after last night's win. Today, he said sort of, you know, a few to think about it what's he saying about last night I think when you get to that stage you, you've already had the nerve through the game so you're you're threaded up inside anyway and you're <laughs> and you're hoping that you get the luck you get the break obviously John McGinn's first penalty we got a little bit of luck that squeezed through and got in the net Marsh made the save and like I said after that we, we managed to put them all away so for, for me the last penalty shootout I was involved in was a, was a losing Champions League shootout uh, so it's, it's nice to come out on the right side of one that was him out obviously with the players training today yep yeah. we're uh, through uh, uh, Barry made a good point you know when you think about Walter Smith when he first took over it went very hard to beat and, and got results but my counter Craig, Craig Brown as well going yeah. further back I mean that was Craig Brown's style of play he got yeah. slated for yeah. style of play at the time and yet he got us to major finals but then I think football's moved on how many teams do you see be successful now Campton you know, you think of the top teams now, it's teams that attack, it's teams that play nice football, it's teams that, that are very um, forward-thinking. You know, you think of Mourinho now, he struggles to win the leagues. His his style for me is similar, you know, sitting in. And I think football's moved on from that. I think if you're going to be successful, you know, if we go away to top teams and sit in, eventually they will break us down. Mm-hmm. You know, Israel are, what, 70th in the world or something? 50th, what, 70th? Yeah. 
Israel, did you say? Yeah. yeah. 93rd. 93rd, wow. Well. Yeah. So, you know, sitting in against them is okay. But if you go and sit in against a top team, eventually the ball break you down. You know, that's why I think we need to, we've got the players, we need to get an identity where we're, we're attacking teams. So, so, Rob, where are we then? They're 93, where are we? We're 49. Uh, they're between Madagascar and Vietnam in the in the FIFA World I Rankings. You, you we, couldn't see that in the park we're, last we're night. We're It was it was two poor teams, wasn't it? It, it was yeah. an awful game of football. But I'm just having a wee think aloud here. Are we being too negative? Are we being too harsh? When yes. you think of, when you think about chances in the game, Israel had none. Yeah. David Marshall didn't have a save to make, so we limited them to absolutely nothing over two hours. Think about Scotland chances. Well, they don't come much better than the header for Scott McTominay five minutes before half-time. Before that, Andy Robertson's free kick on another day maybe swerves inside the post rather than uh, scraping off the paint on its way wide. There was that Callum McGregor left foot volley second half which didn't produce a save because uh, Dasa kicked it off the line or kicked it for, away from six yards. Yeah. It was a really good hit, that. And then right on time, two, 120 minutes, Liam Cooper's header back off the post. So, you know, it wasn't as if Scotland did absolutely nothing in front of goal. I mean, that all goes down, unfortunately. It has no shots on target in two hours. That sounds dreadful. It was a poor game. It was it was really, really poor quality. Mm. But the, the only chances on the night were for Scotland. Yeah, but, you know, you think, if we go away to Serbia and we go 1-0 down, are, are we going to score two goals? Does it look like we're going to get a shot? Not unless we completely change it. Exactly. And yeah, that, but it's, be going be diff- it's going to be a different team, isn't it? You know, it's, it, you're going to have Forrest and, and Fraser hopefully firing. You're going to have Christie back in the team. You're going to have Tierney back in the team. Stuart Armstrong. Yeah, yeah I, we've got I, a time. It's not yeah, until the 12th of November. And I do take your point. I, I thought maybe I'm being overcritical, but well, how did the players in the first game against Israel will manage mm-hmm. one shot on target? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, maybe Griffiths would make the massive difference, but we kind of just rely on one player. To, to change our total way of playing football, I think we need to get. A, I think we need to be more attacked. As I say, I think we've got the players to do it. Yeah. Right. Let's hear a wee bit more from the manager that's just coming in. Let's hear from Stevie Clark. I'm really pleased. I'm pleased for the players because of the effort they put in. They put in a fantastic. As did the Israeli players. It was it was a game of maximum effort and not a lot of chances. But for us and for me, one of the biggest things is nobody's saying about formations or talking about how we played. Every player on the pitch did his job properly. He said that plenty after, I don't know if you, you were watching the, the post-match interviews, but he was saying every player did exactly what I asked them to do. But it doesn't seem to be that anybody else understands what he'd asked them to do. No, I understand what he's saying. You know, there's nobody you can look at, even though McBurney is getting criticised, he is working hard. Mm-hmm. You know, so that tells you that players are playing for the manager. You know, the guy, there's nobody that you can say, oh, he's not trying. Sure. And, and and it's obvious to me that Steve what Steve Clark's game plan is defensively, and I think the players are carrying that out. What I'm saying is... That style of football will only get you so far. You know, when you come up against a top team, you can sit in as long as you want, but the top players will break you down. And to counter that, you need to have a, a style going forward. And I just haven't seen that in the last five games with Scotland. That's my one criticism. Yeah, no, you're 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 giving it an honest assessment. You play the game, and this is how you see it. Kenny McLean kept his cool. He scored that ultimately the winning penalty. So, what kind of work had gone into that? Let's hear from the scorer. After every training session, um, we had a penalty each, and you know I've went the same side the, after every training session. So I felt confident. You know when you, you get that practice and you get the feel for for where you're going to put it. It was it was a good moment, obviously for everybody involved, and it gives us a good chance. 
And it's a big part of the game, that, isn't it? I mean, some people write off a penalty shootout as a complete lottery, but it, it's about nerve, it's about technique, it's about lots of skills within football, um, you know, stepping up, uh, being in the right frame of mind, making the right decision and all that sort of stuff. Scotland got it absolutely right. Definitely, and especially when you think of the pressure, Rob, that it's been so many years since we've qualified. You know, that would have been on the player's mind, stepping up to take the penalty. Do you want to be the guy that, again, sends us, sends us out another competition? So... Nothing but respect to the five guys that stepped up, kept their cool, and you wouldn't have thought it was a, it was a pressure situation the way they took them. So that tells you that the guys are in a good place mm. mentally. So good. And when you Related. woke up this morning, at least the first thought is we're through. Say, si, I know we're critical of it, but we're through. So no, exactly, often. and that's what Steve yeah. Clark's been asked today, and he's got us there. And and again, you need to take into the the difficult times that he's had. I mean, it's not been a normal time for a Scotland manager when you think the things that Steve Clark's had to put up with the call offs and COVID. So you know, his remit is to get the, the country to to a qualify at a national to sorry, yeah, to it's a major so tournament. Isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> sorry, and, and and he's on course to do that. So. He's doing what he's been asked. Gets to something, anything. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, he's, these points have been put to him today. He thinks not many people realise that he's building something special for the long term. We're trying to build something. and I, I think people maybe underestimate that a bit. We're, we're trying to build and slowly, slowly you have to build character, you have to build confidence, you have to build quality. That will come. The more results you get, the better we'll become. Rob? Yeah, give him time. Absolutely. Uh, too much hiring and firing. There's been too much chopping and changing. Uh, you know, we need we need to give him the chance to prove that he is the man for the job. We thought he was the man for the job when he was appointed to it. So let's not panic, despite the performances not being all we want them to be. Uh, maybe he's the guy that gets results and will settle for results over performance anytime. It's what happened in the last two Nations League's games. It's what happened last night. We got the job done. But can I just say, so why was Gordon Strachan sacked? I know it's going way back, but when I watched Scotland under Gordon Strachan, I could see a true, I could see an identity. Mm-hmm. I could see what they were trying to do. That's, well, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about yeah, is the chopping and, and firing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we need to stick quite exactly. I mean, what, what, what team or country is successful changing managers every year? Mm-hmm. You know, so we need to give Steve Clark a chance. As, as Rob says, he was an outstanding candidate at the time. Who else is there out there? So I agree. You, you give Steve Clark. Clarky's time. And Gordon Strachan was given time because he came back for the next campaign and then eventually they felt it was time for a change and maybe it was too soon but they, it wasn't knee-jerk reaction. Gordon Strachan was there, what, four years? The national team? Mm, three, three, four years. I can't yeah. remember but, but you know, I, I just think it is a, you know, the international manager's job it is a long-term job yeah. because you get so little time with the players on an individual match basis. Um, you need years, you know, you, you, need a, you need a few years. You need to put, put faith in the right guy stick with him yeah I would just I, I know that is Steve Clark's way but I, I look at the top teams and the top managers and I feel enthusiasm I just wish you know, just a wee bit more I understand that that's his way and at club management I think it works but on, when you only get these guys for two or three days at the time I think it should be full enthusiasm full information um, he's, just, he's not a bouncing up and down type of guy yeah though. yeah and I understand that as I say I think at club level that works but at international level when you've only got these guys for two and three days I think it needs to be full enthusiasm constantly. So who is round him, Rob? You're there last night do, in the back room. Well, Stephen Reid and yeah. John Carver is there, isn't he? Yeah. Um, who he was with at Newcastle? Would that have been right? Was he? 
Was yeah. he part of the Newcastle setup? Anyway, he, he is uh, he, he's quite a a major force who's been brought into that that so that coaching setup behind uh, Stevie Clark. Um, I mean, we all remember what he did with Kilmarnock. I mean, maybe Scotland, maybe you know, and there are parallels. I think when he took over, we thought, well, Scotland probably are the Kilmarnock of, of international football. Yeah. Um, you know where yeah. where we're at and what we've got and what we can do. But I think what what continues to to baffle me and and we speak about it uh, probably night after night at the moment is our feeling of being puzzled that these top players in the team who produce at a really high level for their clubs uh, don't reproduce it often enough for Scotland. Okay, so we've only got a couple of minutes left. So what we're going to do for Sunday then, what would you do, Si? I touched on it earlier, Rob. What do you feel? Tell Ali, myself and the nation, what do we do for Sunday? Stick with it. I think it's, I really hope that Steve Clark sits down gets a best 11 in his head. I know that's tough with the, with the, huh? the COVID stuff. Yeah. Get an 11 and stick with it. Maybe one or two changes, but I would hate to see four or five changes on Sunday. What good is that going to do? I don't think we can do that. I don't think we have the quality or depth of the squad because of the call-offs that that he can make wholesale changes. I think it's a a tweaking of the team. I'd like to see Ryan Fraser start on Sunday and that would be my my major change to the lineup. You said that before. And for Sunday, it's Nations League, Rob, and that takes us ultimately... Well, it's it's the World World Cup, Cup, possibly, the next World Cup, whenever that's going to happen. I don't know when it's scheduled (laughs) for, but uh, everything's been put back. Um, I think it's 2022 but yeah. <laughs> I think everyone's a bit confused and, and we've heard from the callers tonight they're actually not that bothered about these games against Slovakia and the Czech Republic they are fully focused in on the 12th of November and Serbia but we might need to be Rob we might have to look at that as our next qualification but let's hope not let's hope we can do it against Serbia update from the under 21s it's still 1-0 against the Czech Republic Rob yeah, 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 that is the latest. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, about 22 minutes to go. Uh, Fraser Hornby's goal, the only one. So uh, maybe a 1 0 for Scotland. Anyone's a good win. They won, they won in Lithuania uh, last time out. So um, they could be taking a step up in terms of their qualification. Yeah, I'm watching it here. Scotland have been comfortable. I think. Uh, they're on the front yeah. foot. They're the team that are, that are looking to score a second goal. So good to see. We've had quite a week, haven't we? We've had so many great guests here on the programme. And ultimately, we're still in. We've had so many people during the week. You mentioned uh, Gary Naismith earlier on yep. in the week. Yeah. Yep, uh, Rachel Corbett. Corsi last night she spoke really really well Ali yeah we're looking yeah. forward to seeing her play as well hopefully the, the games won't get rearranged at the end of the month but yeah she's playing with Birmingham City and enjoying it very much which is brilliant to hear fingers crossed yeah so we're back on Monday and Sai what do you think we'll be talking about in terms of Scotland on Sunday what, what will we have seen well we are a playing, Dun- we are playing yeah. Dundee United on Saturday so I hope we're not talking about us getting a doing yeah. <laughs> uh, that's the more important game of the whole weekend that's it that's all I'm caring about but Sunday I hope that we can we can see a Scotland team that that look to attack yeah. I really do I, re- I just I understand Steve Clark's situation he wants to be good defensively I would just like to see us attack a wee bit more and is that too much to ask no Paul? let's go no. and listen good luck against Dundee Thanks United very much, yeah. I need that. look at Barry they were just beaten 2-1 by Premier League oh, it doesn't matter they were yeah. beaten doesn't matter they were just beaten they got beat that's it What's Never the mind like just beaten. what do you reckon Peter Head against Dundee United we'll take a draw Yeah, they, 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 they were through Shanklin but they've signed Mark McNulty so you lose one you is get he driving there. the bus up as well it could well be yeah. there could be a big question mark over the future of Mickey Mellon come Monday <laughs> oh. <laughs> that, that bus I drive up will be getting firmly parked on Dundee United's 18 yard box do not worry about that thanks to everyone for <laughs> making the switch and joining us every week thanks Ali thanks Sai thanks Pleasure. to Barry who was on and to Rob and Chris as well looking after us enjoy the weekend we'll see you Monday at 5 The Bull Radio Football Show Let's go